Why do they always gotta be next when they can do it now? Ray Ray is fundamental, number one podcast from the get-go. And since you're listening, you got good sense, so let me break it down on this instrumental. It's basketball and all its essences. It's full of pop culture references. Okay. Point guards to stretch fours and fives. The last puffy episode, despite survive. Uh, yeah. Never mind, let me get on track. Houston had a good run and a team was stacked. We had plans for the team, wolves, y'all remember? Yeah. Quick question in sync, who's your favorite remember? Oops, uh, I did it again. Hold up, wait. Best team on the court, probably Golden State. Yeah. Korean them, yeah, they out this world. But that's Ray's top five. He's saying the Spice Girls. <laughs> Twentieth episode of the Ray Ray is Fundamental podcast. The main interview was recorded July 27, 2020. Hell, it's still July 27 as I'm speaking right now. I am your host, Ray Ray, because if my, if my name was something like Johnny, then the podcast would be called Johnny is Fundamental, and that's really not a great play on words, isn't it? Anyway, we skipped last week because I tried to get a guest, but I also wanted a third person to help me out. Long story short, I got greedy, and both were never available at the same time. So, I had to change course. And I need to get something on this week because the WNBA has started last weekend. Now, I've been vocal against sports starting, but I'm just one person. And whatever I say is not going to get sports leagues to stop. So, for now, we just hope for the best. Even though, as we learned earlier today, two games from Major League Baseball have been postponed because of COVID. And it's tough to keep a sport going while a pandemic is going on when their mentality is business as usual. It's not. MLB should have kept the bubble, but they decided not to. I mean, I really don't even think the NFL should happen because even if they were in a bubble... They have sheer numbers and personnel, and there is no way they can keep all of that people in a bubble. And while we have short seasons and restarts for WNBA, the NBA, the NHL, imagine trying to keep all of them for full seasons in a bubble. That just can't happen. So you cannot possibly ask the NHL and the NBA personnel to be away from their families for six to seven months a year. So I don't know how they're going to start major sports once these short seasons and restarts are over. I guess we'll see. With that said, we're going to talk WNBA. In the back of my mind, all we can hope for is the best. But for now, we shall talk about the league. I'm glad it's back. I promise to do more coverage of the league this season on both podcasts and written media. And what better way to start a coverage with the great Lindsay D'Arcangelo, who has been a prominent WNBA writer the last few years. You can find her work at the Athletic Buffalo and the Athletic WNBA. We go over what went down last weekend, as well as how other sports are doing during this pandemic. Spoiler, it's bad. And before we talk to Lindsay, I just want to remind you that you can find this podcast where podcasts are peddled, like Apple, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, etc. Hopefully, we can increase awareness about the WNBA more and more as time goes on. In the meantime, here is Ray Ray, that's me, talking to the Dark Angel, Lindsay Darkangelo. Hey, it's Sarah Spain from ESPN, and you're listening to the Ray Ray is Fundamental podcast. Remember guys, Black Lives Matter. Never forget that. Ray Ray is Fundamental Podcast, episode 120, my guest. She writes for The Athletic, covering both Buffalo sports and the WNBA. Her name is Lindsay D'Arcangelo. How's it going? It's going, going great. WNBA is back, so we're good. 
Yeah, so first of all, how are you doing during this pandemic? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think, like most people, just taking it day by day and, and you know, doing what we can to be safe, stay safe and healthy and mm-hmm. and not contribute to the spread. Um, my wife and I, and we have our uh, eight-year-old daughter, so mm-hmm. we're just trying to be, you know, cognizant of uh, wearing masks and, you know, staying, staying relatively uh, secluded. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all, all anyone can do. Yeah. I like saw my friends who go out to bars for some reason. I'm still mad at them. Um, <laughs> geez. Uh, let's address what just happened a few hours ago this morning where Major, Major League Baseball with all the positive tests going on with the Miami Marlins and it's like now two games have been postponed or canceled or I guess postponed is the right word for now because we don't know if the, it's going to be canceled. Right. But Major League Baseball is in trouble here. <laughs> They are, and I think they just have such a different animal than, say, the what what the WNBA has has sort of I don't want to say accomplished because we're still early in the in the season yeah. with everything, and and they're taking all the precautions necessary. But you, the MLB is trying to travel to different ballparks and be in different clubhouses, and I'm just not sure that that's going to fly with with what's happening right now. Yeah, and the NFL is. The NFL is like trying to go like it's 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 business as usual with with try, they're trying to bring in fans for the stadiums and it's like why are they doing this like we know what's going on right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I uh, uh, I don't know. That's a that's a great question. I don't know if they just if if they're just overreaching or trying to do too much. And I think right now, you know, keeping it simple is the best approach. Yeah. All right, so let's get into your career for a little bit. Um, I believe that was you that wrote about getting into writing a little bit later, right? I think I saw that thread where you said you got into sports writing a little later than, you, than usual. Uh, sports writing. Yes. yes. Okay. okay. Um, I've been writing since I graduated from college. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm old. I graduated back in 2000 and uh, sort of bounced around to different writing jobs here and there. Um my foray into sports writing is a little bit of a, a twisty road, but I'd say that that really about five, six years ago is when I really kind of took off with it. I was I was doing some on the side, but in addition to writing about um, gay and lesbian issues and and um, mm-hmm. you know doing doing just all across the board type of type of features and stories and reporting, mm-hmm. and then I just really started to hone in on the sports side of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Um, wow, just a few years ago, because you do such a great job. You do such a great job, and I'm I am I am happy that you are writing. And of course, it's, I'm sure it's been hard for you being you know part of the LGBTQ community yourself. Yeah, it's not. You know, it's not an easy. Um, it's not an easy avenue to be in. Mm-hmm. You know, sports writing. There's not a lot of of, of gay and lesbian visible. Yeah. journalists out there either on TV or in, in the writing world but you know th- there's more than than we think and and people are starting to speak out more about it and you know it's just it's just another road we got to carve out for ourselves yeah well we're glad to have you around um oh, I appreciate that yeah who were the athletes that you looked up to when you were younger um a bunch I was a big MJ fan mm-hmm. um 
of course, just like a lot of people. I just right. I, I feel so privileged to, to have gotten the chance to see him play in his prime. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Diana Taurasi is a big one for me. I, I watched her, you know, through her UConn days, and um, she's been in the league a long time. UConn basketball in general, I'd say, had a big influence on me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I were to pick... If I were to pick, you know, most influential as far as my love for a sport, it would be those two. Great. Yeah. I mean, MJ is pretty much considered the GOAT in men's basketball, and Diana is pretty much, like, considered the GOAT in women's basketball. So, I mean, can't go wrong with those two. Um, The WNBA uh, came out in 97, and, of course, you know, I'm also in my 40s as well. Yeah. so it's like, what was your reaction then? Because I thought it was great that women's... I'm still baffled there's no women's baseball right now, but it's great mm-hmm. that we have women's basketball at the moment. So what was your reaction yeah. then? Oh, I thought it was awesome. I thought I thought it was time. And um, I was just as thrilled as any other basketball fan. You know, and I say basketball fan because I, I love the men's game and I love the women's game. I appreciate all aspects of both. Yeah. And I think that if you're a basketball fan, then that's... There's, there's there's no, no reason why you should hate one or the other or or bag on one or the other. You love basketball, and um, you get so many you get so many different facets of the game watching both. So I just was happy there was another pro league and that was happening with um, the best women ballers around the world, and I just was psyched and I really wanted it to work. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it, it still kind of gets me because like I know a lot of NBA fans are missing. The, the 90s uh, style of basketball, when you can get that in the WNBA, like, you still get the triangle in the WNBA, you still get post play <laughs> in the WNBA, and it still kind of bothers me how they don't look at that, and it's like, well, if you want your old school ball, it's right here, it still exists. Yeah, exactly, and that's always my, that's always my go-to when mm-hmm. I talk to guys who, who kind of make fun of it or say they wouldn't watch it, and, and even those who are teetering on, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I've never seen a game before kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that. If you love basketball and if you love the fundamentals of the game, if you love, you know, you know the passing, the plays, the patience, um, the inside game, the two-man game, um, watch the WNBA because there's so much to appreciate about it. And once you get to know the players, that makes a difference too. Once you get to know who they are as and you know, not just as, as, as basketball players but as individuals, you know, it gives you someone to root for. And, you know, that makes you more invested in, in any sport that's the case. So it's just a matter of getting people just to actually put aside their bias and just watch. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of have this regret right now because I'm going to regularly write WNBA this season for my site. And I've kind of been a casual watcher since the beginning. But I really got into it like the last few years or so because of WNBA Twitter, basically. And I'm just kind of mm-hmm. like, why didn't I do this like when I started writing basketball to begin with? So, I mean, it, it's it's a great league, and I'm glad. Like as we just saw earlier, uh, ESPN has expanded their WNBA television schedule, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. So you know. Yeah, it's like they've caught on to now. You know, the 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 viewership has been up. It's been trending up for the last few years mm-hmm. in, in big numbers and. You know, people are watching, so why not put more games on um, to have more people have a chance to watch? It's just, it's not rocket science. Yeah, it's like, oh, maybe they'll watch if we put it on here. Like, duh. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. uh, we also learned that Fanatics, um, 
the number one item that was sold was the orange uh, WNBA hoodie. Mm-hmm. I mean, that yeah, that's and that's yet just another example of um, just where the WNBA is at right now, and also mm-hmm. just them finally marketing themselves in the right way and and putting out products that people will want to buy regardless of you know if you're male, female, or whatever. You know, if you're a fan of basketball and the WNBA, it's a great, it's a great sweatshirt. I have one, mm-hmm. um, and it's just, it's just another example of, you know, trying to capitalize on this momentum and keep it going. Yeah, I remember when they tried to market uh, WNBA as uh, sexy in like the mid 2000s or whatever. I'm just like, what are they doing? Like, can't they just have the game speak for itself? But I'm kind of glad now that it's, this is finally, uh, they're finally trending upwards. That's a that's a great point, and it's a shame that they ever went that route. But you know, looking back, you know, a lot of things are different now than they were back then. That they couldn't just, you know, fo- focus in on the on the players' talents and their individuality, and instead try to make it about their looks. Yeah. Um, and it just proved the point that that doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we saw all the teams play. This weekend, which is actually, mm-hmm. I mean, did you did you think that uh, that they came out better than you thought they were going to? Because after all, it's like they had, we had the pandemic going on and they didn't have as much time to play together. Like, were you surprised of how they came out this weekend? I think I was surprised at how how different teams came out than I expected. Mm-hmm. I, I did this thing on Twitter where I just kind of did some quick hits from each games from each of the games and I think Atlanta impressed me the most you know they come out they're missing three key players and they still score 100 plus points yeah um I don't think anybody who covers the WNBA expected that um I expected more from the Mercury having uh Diana Taurasi back and healthy uh Brittany Griner in the middle and then Skylar Diggins at the point uh they they kind of just were lackluster, and I think that's just a matter of uh, of team chemistry and kind of figuring that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, they were great games. Some of them were were kind of over in the third quarter, unfortunately, but there were also some really close ones. So overall, I thought it was a really good opening weekend of basketball, and I just think it's going to get better as the shortened season goes on. Yeah. The Mystics really surprised me. They mm. were missing practically their entire starting lineup from last year, and yes. here they were. That's another one I should have mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, they surprised me as well. I I said in one of one of my tweets that I may have underestimated them because you know you think without Deladon and Natasha Cloud and yeah Tina Charles who was supposed to be on that who was, who was on the team but was uh, supposed to play this season and and see what they could do on the court together. And the, the Mystics came out, and they just they just went off. And uh, <laughs> it's just Maisha Hines Allen just said this is this is she stepped up, and um, they look good. Yeah, does that speak to the death of the Mystics from last season, with Maisha Hines Allen going for twenty seven and ten uh, opening week opening day? Yeah, and I think I I definitely think it does, but I also think that we forgot how deep this team is, or at least I have forgotten mm-hmm. how deep right. this team is. Yeah. And they have a lot of players who maybe came off the bench or were role players on on this team that could could easily start in a, on other teams. So mm-hmm. I definitely think it's a, they reminded us that you know it's not just all about Deladon. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and Seattle, they're a complete team again. They have Sue mm-hmm. Bird back, they have Brianna Stewart back. So, um, speak of how good this team is with those two those two ladies back. Well, I hate to use this cliche, but the band is back together again, uh-huh. you know, and they're they're just making really good music. Yeah. Um, 2018, this they had this kind of the almost the same team as they did when they won the championship back then, and I just they're. They're very complete. They have, they have filled every need. They have depth. You, you know, they they made the playoffs without Stewie and without Bird last season, and now that they're back, it's just it seems like they're just they're kind of the team to beat mm-hmm. this season. So I saw this tweet by uh, Brady Copper where uh, he said that while Angel McCautry is awesome, she's probably not what the Las Vegas Aces need. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that um, so much. I think they can figure out how how to make it work. And to be honest, just watching her play off of Asia Wilson, mm-hmm. they have a great two man game, mm-hmm. and they're they're super fun to watch together. And I think they'll learn a little bit more how to how to play together on the floor as the season goes on. But you know, it, I I was a little skeptical at first when they when she first signed with the Aces, especially with Cam Beige there. But without Cam Beige, in the you know in the mix, I think um, I think McCautry is a good fit. Mm-hmm. And they didn't make a three pointer in that game, a single three pointer in a 2020 basketball professional basketball game. So that's really old school. <laughs> it is really old school, and I think it speaks to to uh, Coach Lambier, Bill Lambier, about just wanting to get the ball inside. He's an inside guy. He likes to pound the ball inside, and that's where where most of their um, points came from and i also think it, it, it speaks to missing kelsey Plum on the uh perimeter right yeah by the way uh Allie quigley <laughs> not so not so hot uh during the entire game against the against the aces but here she is cold coming in basically 3 4 11 before that shot and it's like she stayed ready <laughs> oh yeah and that's that's veteran experience right there you know you can have a poor shooting game uh, all, all all night long, and then they call your number, and you just drain the shot when it when it matters. And uh, I wasn't surprised when it went in. I don't think anybody who's has watched quickly play throughout her career is surprised that it went in. But yeah, it's something that that rookies can and young players can look at and, and learn from. And and you always got to be ready. You can't can't be worried about all the shots that you missed. You just got to hit the ones that count. You have no idea how many times I watched that 2018 three point shootout that Ali Quigley did. <laughs> it, it, it's so amazing to me how she's such a sharpshooter. Yeah, she, she's incredible. Yeah. Um, any other teams that stood out to you besides the Mystics, the Storm? The Sparks are actually awesome. They look really awesome. Uh, the Sparks look really good. Yeah. They they just they they're another team that looks complete, mm-hmm. and uh, and they're and they're deep too. Um, I think New York held their own, especially against Seattle, mm-hmm. and and I think they showed they have a lot to build on. Um. I, I really, I was really um, impressed with um, uh, Lasia Clarendon mm-hmm. and just how how she kind of, you know, led from the floor. And she was their leading scorer for the game, which um, hasn't happened for her in a, in a in a while in her career. And I just, I think they got they have a lot to build on. It'll be interesting to see as the uh, as the um, season goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought the Lynx team chemistry was really good. Yeah, you know, considering you know they're they've got a, a lot of new pieces, but having the uh, 
Crystal Dangerfield and um, Nafisa Collier connection. I mean, you saw how that sort of played out on the court. Yeah. And, and worked as a positive. And so I'm, I'm, I was impressed with them as well. Sylvia Fowles is still dominant when she when she wants yeah. to be. <laughs> like That's true. Seventeen points, eighteen boards, four blocks. I mean, God. Yeah. Um, it feels so long ago, but she was MVP three years ago. <laughs> like that's not. That it does feel long ago. Yeah. But in COVID time, everything feels like it was, you know, ages ago. Yeah, it, it really does. Um, and of course, uh, we we can't forget. I mean, everyone wants to overreact to it. Sabrina UNESCO didn't have a great game in her first game, but I mean, it's only her first game after all. So, mm-hmm. I mean, she'll. I'm sure she'll bounce back. She didn't have a bad game she didn't have a uh, she didn't have a kennedy carter kind of game yeah um which uh which is fine i, I do think like you said I, I think she'll totally bounce back i don't i just think it's just a it's adjustment and you know who knows how kennedy's gonna play in the next game so it's just got, it's a game by game kind of basis for for the rooks mm-hmm. so there's something that upset me uh i i, I mentioned about it on twitter uh during um the, the Sky Aces game where they interviewed the Lakers' Danny Green for about two minutes of game time, and I'm just I like... I saw that, yeah. Uh, and uh, last season, during the WNBA Finals, where uh, I think it was ESPN2 where they showed they, they wanted to finish a college football game where they were, I don't even know who those teams were or what schools they were, and the I think it was Game 2 of the WNBA Finals that got preempted, basically. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm just like, where is the respect for this? No, I agree, and I think they're still, they're still, <laughs> they're still, they're still that's that kind of thing still lingers, right? As yeah. we keep pushing forward here, I I, I saw that um, where they did the picture in picture during the game with Danny Green. I know exactly what you're talking about, and I too thought had the first thought was like, they, they wouldn't do this in an NBA game, and yeah. not only would they not do it, they wouldn't do it for that long. I mean, it was a long segment. Yeah. Like, it felt like it almost lasted like five minutes or so. It was, it was long as far as game time is concerned, and I don't, I don't think it was necessary. Yeah, and and they're just, they're not even talking. I mean, they're talking about like the bubble basically. I'm just kind of like, it's not mm-hmm. even. Why couldn't they do this at halftime or something? Mm-hmm. You know, agree. So. Completely agree. Yeah, it, it's just crazy. But like I said, like we mentioned earlier, at least ESPN ex- is expanding their uh, national TV coverage for the WNBA. So that's so that's a good sign right there. And. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they can keep it going. Um, what el- what else would you do with the WNBA? Are they are they doing all the things right right now? Like are they taking the right steps? Is there anything else you they think that you think they should do? No, I think they're doing what uh, what they're doing the best they can under the circumstances. I think, and I I was I mean I was skeptical about starting the season back or starting the season. Yeah, and and just having sports in general. Yeah. But they seem to be kind of on top of it with the testing and the and the keeping players who have tested positive out of the bubble, and the way they have the benches set up, and they're they're only playing in in a space with two two courts, I believe, so they're not going around to different places. They're you know individual teams are have their own little bubbles going on, like uh, germ bubbles I like to call them. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, if there's a blueprint to how to make this happen, I think the WNBA is, is ahead of everyone in that regard. Yeah, plus they have they have fewer people, uh, mm-hmm. twelve teams, and it, and it seems like a shorter schedule too because I got twenty two games, uh, full, games, full yeah. playoffs. Like, it seems like le- less chances of getting the the virus instead of like you know, where the WNBA were. I mean, I mean the. NBA-
BAWare. Um, there's 22 teams, and the playoff schedule is really long. It'll go until October, I believe. And they're already in trouble with Lou Williams getting chicken wings. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the W or the NBA, and like you said, just how their setup might differ. Mm-hmm. And and I think they have multiple courts where where the games are going to be held. Yeah. Um, in multi in different buildings. So we'll see. I mean, what, what works in the WNBA's favor this time is their is their having less teams and yeah. less players. Yeah. So. At this point, yeah. I mean, I will, I, I've been pretty vocal about having sports again this year. Um, but, you know, the Women's Soccer League got it, got theirs done. Um, we're only three days into the WNBA, and the NBA hasn't even started yet in terms of their regular season. So, all we can do is hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... Go ahead. Uh, please tell us where we can find you on the on the internet and everything else, basically. <laughs> yeah. So all of my my writing can be found at the Athletic WNBA, and uh, when it comes to Buffalo sports, uh, the Athletic Buffalo. And I'm on Twitter at DarkAngel21. You can find me on Twitter at the No Look Pass, um, and also find my work at thenolookpass.com, and also. Uh, rarey.net slash fun for all the podcast archive um, thank you so much Lindsay you are a badass I'm just a mere peasant so thank you very much for doing this <laughs> thanks for having me Game over, yeah! hashtag blame Ray Ray